earth fire air water long ago <laughs> this is not avatar I was gonna say, you really threw me off because the original show starts with water, earth, fire, air, yeah. and you went with Korra order, so I really had to think about what the order of the elements was. Welcome. This is, this is Research Rink Repeat. This is co-host Hannah. This is co-host Alyssa, and yes, Hannah's correct, although we have covered Avatar-related things on the show. Today, it's not Avatar. We saw a movie. It's Pixar. Pixar. It's elemental. Yes, the newest feature film from Pixar is finally out. Uh, came out this weekend, and Hannah and I hit the theaters yes. again. Update to our Pixar lists, as we have not seen a Pixar film since last summer. Yes. Which, uh, unfortunately, wasn't exactly a hit. No. It um, was uh, not very light year <laughs> it was light year fortunately it was not the best movie not the worst but yeah you know you know it was it was fine i was excited to get back into pixar me too because yeah. it's it's been a while yeah i remember seeing the trailer for this movie and i had a lot of thoughts mm -hmm. but i i didn't really look at much going into like critical response and things like that before we watched it just because i like to go in with an open mm -hmm. mind Mind. Mind, yes. He lost his... Mind. Mind. Yeah. Hamlet. But yeah, anyway, so we'll just go right into it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do a similar thing to what we did with Fast X, where I'm going to go back and cover the previous film, Lightyear, since we also saw it shortly into its release, so we can go back and look at a full update on what actually happened with that film. Overall... The film grossed $226.4 million on a $200 million budget, which was a box office bomb. Yes. Lost an estimated $106 million for the company. Yeah, especially for Pixar. Yeah. Um, there's some reasons for why people think that this happened. First of all, uh, the film did get generally positive reviews, but it had some criticism for the screenplay. Some of the reasons why people thought it might have failed... In the box office is that it was competing with both Top Gun Maverick, which made billions yes. of dollars. I think it made over a billion dollars. And Jurassic World. People think there also might have been some brand confusion from um, the marketing of this film. The fact that it was a spinoff of mm -hmm. the Toy Story series. The fact that most people were at this point still using Disney Plus to watch films. Because all the Pixar films released from onward to Lightyear were exclusively through Disney Plus. There's also the fact that Tim Allen didn't voice Buzz Lightyear, right. which some people were apparently very upset about. I don't really care. And also, there was some some light, you know, backlash from the conservatives over being a, a same-sex couple kissing scene. Yes. Because, you know, sexualizing those children. Those drag During queens. Pride Month. <laughs> those drag queens. Yeah. During Pride Month. During Pride Month. However badly it did in the box office, Lightyear was the most watched movie on Disney Plus in the month of August of 2022, and it was the number one movie on the site for 35 days straight, which is pretty good, mm -hmm. all things considered. So even though it didn't perform well in the box office, it still performed well on their streaming service, which I think all of the previous Pixar films released on the streaming service all performed very well. 
Last we had heard, I believe, when I listened to the episode that we had released on Lightyear was sitting at like a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was like the lowest scored Pixar film. I can say that it has increased. It currently sits at a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, although still the lowest rated film in the Toy Story franchise of Pixar, it's much higher than what it originally was. Metacritic is a 60 out of 100 and a cinema score of A-. In May of this year, Pixar uh, had some layoffs. They laid off 75 people from Pixar, including some high-profile people. The director of Lightyear, Angus McLean, or McClare, was one of the people laid off, as well as producer Galen Suzman, who was the woman who saved Pixar 2. Toy Story 2. Oh, <laughs> Who saved Toy Story 2 in 1999, and she actually has been in with the company since 1995, since right. the original Toy Story was released. Yeah, Twitter went ballistic about yeah. that, which I agree, not right to lay off someone who yeah. saved a movie for your company. Because this is a not necessarily Pixar, but Disney-wide layoffs, mm-hmm. and Pixar happened to have 75 people laid off. Although I don't know if Pixar was hit harder because of how poorly Lightyear did, right. um, in terms of like budget in terms of profit it, it did not profit but yeah so that's just a little bit of background on Lightyear mm-hmm. and now we can head into the background of Elemental yeah oh I just wanted to say something sure while we're talking um it has been announced there's a Toy Story 5 coming out oh yeah yes. yeah so on the docket we have Toy Story 5 which again we've talked about this so many times we do not need a Pixar 5 but again, if they're hurting for money, Toy Story makes bank. Yes. The, the main series. It has that familiarity. And they also are creating an Inside Out 2. Yep, next which year. Which I am intrigued about because the first Inside Out is, I think, my number two movie. I think I ranked yeah. it second. We both had our top five. Yeah. One of my favorite Pixar films, Gut Punch. So I'm intrigued, but I'm opt- cautiously, cautiously optimistic. Yes. Okay. And in a new original film, which we saw a trailer for. Yes. Uh, that will be two films in 2024. Yes. Uh, Elio, I think is what it is. Yes, that Elio. will be the next movie we will cover. Yes. Elemental. Elemental is the 27th uh, feature-length film released by Pixar. It was released on June 16th of 2023. The runtime of 109 minutes. It was directed by Peter Sohn, who was the director of The Good Dinosaur. Okay. He's also worked and I think written for a few other things. And it was scored by Thomas Newman, who has worked primarily with Andrew Stanton films. So he did the scores for Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, and WALL-E. I think has a rating of PG, but I actually didn't write that down. It is PG. Okay, it is PG. Peter Sohn, the director, has said that the uh, story of this film is heavily inspired from his youth as a son of immigrants in New York, si- New York City in the 1970s, and that the story itself was inspired by a lot of romantic films such as Moonstruck and Amelie. I don't know if you've seen either of those I've films. I've seen Amelie. So Moonstruck, it's funny because that one has actually been recommended to me recently, and okay. I have it on my uh, letterbox watch list. Yes. It has a uh, share in it. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good. So find us on Letterbox. Yeah, find us on Letterbox. We will add this to our uh, our list. Oh, we have to do our Fast X ranking. We also need we'll, to add we'll that, that as well. We'll do that. So the production of this film actually took seven years, oh, which okay. is a long time. He apparently had pitched this after the Good Dinosaur was released, mm-hmm. and I think that was twenty thirteen, yeah. maybe twenty twelve, somewhere right. around there. 
It's Pride Month. I read a, a comment on the Wikipedia for this uh, movie that one of the characters, Lake Ripple, who is one of Wade's younger siblings, is said to be Pixar's first non-binary character. Which is... I'm not a member of the LGBTQ community, so I don't, I can't necessarily speak on whether or not I think that is good representation. However, I feel like, again, this is kind of, it feels kind of performative, where it's yeah. like, I wouldn't have known that watching the film. There was no indication of that. In that, in a way, like, they could cut it from uh, China and other countries that would take right. issue with, like, for instance, with, with Lightyear, where countries took issue with yes. a, um, a same-sex couple kissing. You know, it's kind of hard to say, like, I was reading it, I'm like, oh, well, that's nice, but also, it's not, like, you wouldn't watch that movie and know that character is non-binary. Right. I feel like it's one of those things where it's, like, it's nice that they're doing it, but it's, like, you know, we've been hearing a lot about, like, Target and like right. why companies are they're basically using Pride Month as a way to market and to make money which right. you know I guess representation is representation but right. at the same time if you're just gonna throw a random character in that has no relevance and that it's not really clear I feel like it's not really doing much it'd be cool to see like a main character right like someone you know that's in the whole movie and not just like a side character so yeah i guess that's how i feel about it yeah i was gonna say i think the they also maybe had one speaking line right and maybe appeared in two minutes of the film yeah if that so so uh hannah you might like this uh in terms of the marketing now there is heavy discussion about the marketing of this film, and I have comments about that from my own perspective, but the characters of Wade and Ember were promoted on the show American Idol, um, seen cheering in the audience when the season this year's winner was an, was crowned, uh, followed by a sneak peek of like a trailer of the film following the show's uh, finale, which I think is such a weird yeah. marketing play to do. Yeah, that is strange. All right, some negative things, Hannah. So, so far, as this film has just released... It has a worldwide gross of $48.5 million, which is the worst opening weekend of any Pixar film ever. Yeah. Of twenty of the 27 films, it's the worst. Even worse than Onward. Yeah. Which released basically as the world shut down. Yeah. Ooh, which is rough. Yeah. It, it premiered alongside The Flash, which is a, you know, a major blockbuster superhero film as well as competition from Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is also an animated film that released, I think, last week was its yeah, opening premiere. And that movie is making tons of money, like hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. already. The Flash also kind of bombed, too. So. It's also bombing, too. I mean, I understand why that one's well, bombing. Well, yes. Circumstances, but um, yes. So, yeah, some of the things uh, cited as potentially being issues with the... The premiere, the gross so far, is poor marketing, and again, audiences being used to d d Disney Plus releases um, like of the film shortly after right. it, it comes out, and families not wanting to make the travel to a theater to spend that much money when you could spend, you know, like $8 a month or yep. whatever, and then watch the movie with your family and not have to spend like $100 to go yep. to a theater. So currently it sits at a 76% in Rotten Tomatoes, a Metacritic score of 59 out of 100, and a Cinema score of A. 
I selected a quote from a reviewer. Jordan Mitzer from The Hollywood Reporter uh, was quoted as saying, The elements all fit perfectly into place, so much so that the creative flames were doused. What critics think of it. There is um, a lot of positive praise. There's a lot of positive praise for the animation. However, there is some contention about the story being seen as underwhelming. And a lot of that, what I've seen is that a lot of current Disney and Pixar films focus heavily on generational trauma. Mm -hmm. It's a very recurring theme. And I think what a lot of the takeaway from a lot of um, people reviewing this film and discussion into that uh, of the story being seen as underwhelming is that it's seen as not as impactful as something like Turning Red, where it's kind of a similar, like, general story but hits more impactfully or something like Encanto which is not Pixar but is Disney and that also tends to hit a little harder so Mm -hmm. just to give a little background on that and now I have the summary that we have from the Disney website Disney and Pixar's Elemental is an all-new original feature film set in Element City where fire water land and air residents live together The story introduces Ember, a tough, quick-witted, and fiery young woman whose friendship with a fun, sappy, go-with-the-flow guy named Wade challenges her beliefs about the world they live in. Yeah, I want to touch on something really quick about the box office, etc. The marketing was horrible for this movie. Terrible marketing. I don't remember seeing, like, much about this. There, so that was one of my things I wrote down at, right after we got out of the theater, is that this film had some of the worst marketing I've seen. So I remember watching the trailer for this movie, and they framed it as, like, a Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. like, forbidden love was, like, the main plot. This main character of Ember doesn't want to be the run the family business. She doesn't want to do that. And it's like, what if I don't want to be like you, dad, the Troy Bolton, you know, you know, we can't be together. And well, that's like an element of it. That's not the main plot. Like the trailer they released doesn't really present the story and how it, how it actually plays out or like what I think the story is more focused on. Right. And that's not to say the trailer means everything because let your, oh, you know, I was going to say something because I couldn't, the voices, the main voice. What's the main girl's name? Oh, it's uh, Ember. Ember, yeah. Ember. She is Ellie from the half of it, which is where I recognized her from. Okay. I, her voice sounded really familiar, so I looked her up. But anyways. She apparently um, was chosen for the role based off that oh, the role in the half cool. of it. I read movie. that. Anyways, it. I feel like it was funny. I definitely laughed a couple times. Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting. I The animation is amazing, as Pixar movies tend to be. I think that it was actually interesting... To do sort of like an immigration slash like almost xenophobia, racism Mm -hmm. sort of under, not undertones, but sort of like wrapped in that. Yeah. And I do think that like adding this elements, like the different elements created for an interesting story. I felt like as opposed to Lightyear, I didn't get like really bored in the middle. It felt like Mm -hmm. the story was like moving along at a good pace. I felt like there was a good amount of... I don't know. I thought overall the story was actually pretty solid. I didn't have a big complaint with the story like some of the critics kind of had said. I just think that it flowed pretty well. I mean, yeah, at times it's a little bit like we've seen this before. But for some reason I was so charmed by Wade and Ember's, like, storyline. Like, they just 
worked well together, not even as just like romantic interest, but just as like two people. Mm-hmm. Um, that I found that interesting too. So like overall, I would say I was like happy, happily impressed with it. I think that some elements of this film do work really well. And I was reading someone's uh, review or like a few quotes from a review that this is, I think, probably Pixar's first like romantically focused film. Yeah. Where like the main plot was a romance. So I think that worked really well. Mm -hmm. I think the romance aspects were well done. I thought the animation was good. I liked the like the way that the different elements looked like I liked the way the fire looked I liked when um Ember like getting like when she got upset and angry she would like turn purple mm-hmm. or like there's one point where she's really sad and she gets like really faded and like flicker I liked that the the way they built the world it felt a lot like Zootopia mm-hmm. where there's kind of this like these different environments and the way the world is set up it feels a lot like Zootopia uh, the humor, I do think, worked pretty well. There were a lot of scenes I think worked. And I liked a lot of the characterizations. Uh, the one thing I will say is I think the ending was a bit rushed. Yeah. Especially in this aspect of this generational trauma. I think this, like, the climax of the film was not as strong as it could have been because of, I think of something like Encanto I think of how much I cried watching that movie yeah. and that I've seen that movie, I don't know, maybe five times now and I've cried every time. You get that, the Mary Poses, the butterfly song where you see their like background of like her husband dying and how she like was so stubborn in that, the legacy and the family name and all of that and how much time was put into that. And then I look at this and it's like, we get a scene with, you know, her father finding out about her romance with this water mm-hmm. guy and also the fact that, like, the damages with the pipes, like, basically water is coming into their fire shop and he gets mad and he's like, I'm not giving you the shop, I'm not retiring, like, I can't trust you. There's this big flood and um, she, like, has to save flame, this, yeah. like, sacred flame. And is like, I'm a bad, you know, daughter, I let you down, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you are my greatest gift. And that scene lasts maybe a minute. Yeah. And while it was emotional, I did cry. Um, this movie got me. I yeah. did I did shed a few tears. I can't help but, but feel that it could have been a lot stronger. I look at that from a perspective of Pixar. Not that it's necessarily marketed towards kids, but it's right. animated films. And I tend to look at that as... It, sometimes it has to be a simpler solution in order for it to make sense in a kid's film. And I feel like the scene leading up to that where she is trying to go back into the home, there's this moment where like she's he's like, I have to go back and get the flame and mm-hmm. she goes for him. And that's like the moment where I felt like it clicked for him, like that all that stuff didn't matter. And that that's why he said like, oh, you're my greatest treasure, blah, blah, blah. You're my greatest work. So that's kind of how I saw it in that way. And I was okay with the ending. Would I have liked a little bit longer? Sure. Um, but I feel like a lot of kids movies tend to do that where they, they rush the ending or they maybe don't put as much energy into like finding solutions in that way. But I can see where you're coming from. I just like to counterpoint and say Coco. Yeah. The end... I guess that's the thing is like if we're talking about like Pixar as a company being known for these like mature way of telling children's stories like inside out 
and Coco and even things like Soul or like even like Luca, I feel like did mm-hmm. a lot of stuff with that. That I think I'd maybe I just I don't know, do I have too high of standards? Well, Maybe. Luca's ending, I felt like, felt rushed, too. Yeah, and I was gonna say, if this kind of feels similar to Luca, yeah. like, in terms of, like, the story and the way that the story's writ, but just, like, um, I don't know, maybe I have too high of expectations for Pixar. The other thing I wanted to note is that I feel like Pixar might struggle with the new animation market. Because something that has become a lot more common, and it's been interesting, I, I, I wanted to bring this up, but I guess this is probably a good time, is that there's been a kind of a shift in the animation market, where like Disney and Pixar are not leading. You mm-hmm. have things like DreamWorks, with Puss in Boots The Last Wish, and you have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and the, the sequel, like those two films, being produced with this really incredibly, and I know you haven't seen either of those mm-hmm. films, um, incredibly creative animation. Very well done, like, mix of, it's like a 2D, 3D blend of animation mm-hmm. that looks really clean. It looks really well done. Just more creative choices. And I think that, I worry that Pixar is going to become stagnant. Yeah. And that they've created this kind of characteristic of all the people kind of have the same look. Right. And this new movie that's coming out, um, Elio or Elio also has that same look for these humans where it's like, I feel like they're limited in what their films look like. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you get, when you're a company like that and you establish something, you kind of stick with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it would be nice to see them take, take more chances and do things a a bit more creatively. It's just because like, Puss in Boots The Last Wish came out last year, and I think it made, like, $600 million. Right. And Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movie that just came out, is also in the hundreds of millions already. Right. And the the first one, also, it won the best animated yep. feature film of the year it came out. And that movie's fantastic. I haven't seen the new one yet. But those movies are animated movies. Even, like, things like Minions are making tons yeah. of money. I didn't see it, and it, it did not review well. Journey... Journey to something. I don't even know. Um, the fact that I don't even know that is Jake Gyllenhaal's me. in it. It's also a movie about generational oh, trauma. Okay. Strange World. Yeah. So the movie Strange World, it came out, I think, a few months ago. I just think they're struggling, and I hope they can find a way to get some creative spark, to get something yeah. different that resonates with people. I think not only that, but I think Disney as a brand is not fared well under public scrutiny well, opinion. yeah, that's fair. And so I think that kind of stuff probably does hurt hurt it too, as long as well as with, like, streaming and everything else we mentioned. But yeah, I think Disney has not been used to in the past having competition. Right. Or at least not more recently. Right. Like, they had, uh, I mean, they definitely suffered in the early 2000s. They were not doing well, which is why they bought Pixar, because they were struggling so much with right. their animated. And Pixar was flourishing. But I'm like, I'm glad other companies, like, if you would have told me DreamWorks would have had my favorite animated film of last year, yeah. I probably wouldn't have thought that. Like, Sony's doing stuff. There's, like, also smaller companies that are doing, like, Guillermo del Toro's doing animated yeah. films. Um, and I'm glad other companies are getting money and chances to tell stories like that that are creative and different and animated, you know, in fun ways that resonate with people. But just as a whole, just yeah. in a general sense about Pixar, I am... 
I'm curious about how that will continue um, in the future. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that I did really like the soundtrack of this film. Yeah, it was cool. I thought it was relatively different from yeah. a lot of other Pixar films. Because I feel like Pixar relies really heavily on piano. And especially this composer, because he did Wally yeah. and he did Finding Nemo, which I think are honestly some of the best scored yeah, Pixar movies. Uh, it felt very um, unique and like very captivating yeah um, and worked with this story so i want to wanted to comment the soundtrack as well because i really like the soundtrack definitely but uh do you have any other thoughts no okay my favorite character i went with wade actually i also went with um, wade as well i think ember was a strong character but i think wade just like the fact that he was so in so endearing no i mean he was endearing interesting Interesting, but also the fact that he was so, like, rooting for Ember and wanting her to go after what she wanted in life. And I think it was nice, too, that, like, he was, like, emotional. Because I feel like, I mean, it's changed. Sensitive, yeah. Yeah, he was, you know, sensitive and he wasn't afraid to show who he was. And he was just, like, even when she, like, rejected him and was like, I don't love you, he still came back for her at the end. Right. Um, and so I think that he was just, like, a nice character. And he was very, like, charming, too. Like, yeah. I just couldn't help but like him. I thought he it was also very earnest as yeah. well. I also did like Ember quite a bit, yeah. but I felt like Wade was a very interesting character in that I don't feel like... I don't want to use the word, like, male rep- like masculinity, but, like, male representation in general, I feel like he's kind of... It's nice to see other types of tropes, I guess, you know, because he is very, like, in touch with his feelings. I like that part of his characterization is this fact that his father died and Mm -hmm. he, um, him and his father didn't get along and he feels this, like, loss of not being able to uh, change that before his father's death or, like, be able to live with, like, things he wanted to do mm-hmm. and what he wanted to do with his life. So, like, that he's able to help Am- Ember with um, challenging her, like, beliefs and her feelings on things. So, yeah, I liked that a lot. My favorite line, I believe it was just, it was kind of the way it was delivered. Um, Wade just goes, we touched. And yeah. everyone just, like, gasped. Yeah. It was just the way he said it. I yeah. enjoyed. When I was looking online to, because I had, like, an idea of what I wanted my line to be, but then I came across another line that I thought was really funny is there's this part where Wade's, uh, has a one-way ticket to anywhere, mm-hmm. and he's saying goodbye to his family, and they're all crying, and his uncle's like, I made you a painting, it's a lonely man. And it's just him. <laughs> and it's just a picture of him, and I thought that was really funny. The way it was delivered, it was, it was pretty funny, and yeah. I liked that one quite a bit. Uh, my favorite scene is the scene where they... Ember gets to go in that air bubble and go underwater. Yeah, I picked that one as um, well. Pixar does a really good job of showing, not telling. Yeah. Um, there, there are scenes where they don't have any, like, talking and it's just, like, music or just, like, visually seeing what's happening. They're able to express characters' emotions and feelings so well in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just found it really interesting and I just, like, really liked that moment that he did something special for her and that she finally got to see like something that she'd wanted to see for so long. Yeah, it was funny because the other scene I thought about picking, I also picked the one um, of her being underwater to see the flowers that she uh, couldn't see because of the racism of her not being, fire not being allowed in the building because it's a burning, you know, hazard to this garden. The scene after that where they like touch Mm -hmm. and like dance a little bit, like also is another scene where there's very little dialogue and a lot of... um, just like kind of very emotional 
But I, I ended up going with the underwater one because I thought the visual and like the storytelling again of like they still excel at that, like being able to show you and convey emotion and feeling without having to say that. Yeah, still, it's still in- very good. It's yeah. interesting because Pixar will do these movies and I'll be like, oh, it's not that great. And then I'll get one of those scenes and I'm like, yeah. oh, like it just gets me. Well, if Pixar gets me to cry. Then, you know, it's it's like yeah. it's always going to be a good film. And they, they got me. They, they did get me. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of ranking, right now I would put it at number 10. Okay. So that still keeps Cars 3 at number 9 and Luca at number 11. The reason okay. I put it above Luca is just because I felt like the story felt a little bit stronger and the characters, like the side characters felt a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was like funny. It was more, um, more moments that made me laugh, I feel like. So I think... Cars 3 has, like, has this hold on me that I, I cannot. Cars some 3 reason, is, is a weird one. Yeah, Hannah. it is weird. But I think Cars 3 altogether is still, like, a better put together movie. Um, so I'd put it at 10. Okay, so I have mine at number 13. So I kind of went similar where when I was trying to think, I'm like, what movie do I feel like general sense is closest to this? And I also thought Luca as well. I was like, I feel like I feel a similar thing to Luca where I feel positively about it, but I don't think it is, like, a favorite so that ended up being between Luca as number 12 and then Monsters, Inc. as number 14. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, which is, you know, on the top half of the films is there's now 27. And I feel like for now, that's the place that it should go. Because I liked Turning Red more than this film. Yeah. I thought that that was more impactful to me in, in terms of story and stuff than this one was. As always, Cars 2 is still number 27, yes. last of both our lists. And also, because Hannah and I have talked about this, and I, I know we've mentioned this probably the last time we recorded, but I do want to go and rewatch all of the films that have come out um, since we started this. Yes. Because I've only seen those once, and I feel like I feel like maybe my opinions could change on a few of them. If I remember to do that before our next year's film, whenever that comes out in 2024, uh, we'll update you if we change anything in our list. But so far, nothing has changed yes. on my list. So Same with me. Yeah, I will say, one thing I have thought about, because this was such a hard choice, is I've thought about switching Ratatouille and Inside Out, uh, making Ratatouille 2 and Inside Out number 3, but they're it's it's like they're neck and neck. They're basically the same number. Those films are both very close together in terms of impact on me. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's Elemental. Um, we will be back next year with Pixar. I believe oh. March is when the Elio uh, comes so. out. That sounds right. We have our Instagram and our Twitter, our three podcasts, uh, email, our three podcasts at gmail.com. We're also on Letterboxd. Yeah. Uh, feel free to uh, let us know if you've seen the film, if you have thoughts about it. Uh, again, we're also looking for anyone. If anyone out there is their favorite film is Pixar as a Cars 2, yep. please let us know. We'd love to talk to you, get your opinions, your feelings on that, because we have so many questions and concerns and concerns yeah Yeah. concerns i actually um wrote a uh, comment on letterbox on on cars 2 that said if you if this is your favorite pixar film please let us know at our three podcasts at gmail.com because we're trying to spread the word we just want to know if anyone's out there we want to know but uh we'll see you next time bye bye we would like to thank joseph mcdade for our intro music He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition, and you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. 
If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's r, the number three, p-o-d-c-a-s-t-s at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram by searching research rank repeat. Cat hair in my mouth. Poo. Poo poo. Pew pew pew. Oh, you started recording. Uh Oh, okay.